Hey, all my friends out there, welcome back to another edition of Fin Weekly, where I provide weekly updates on what's happening in the world of finance and the economy. My name is Steve Coffrin, and today is Wednesday, October 18th, 2023. We have a lot to get into, so let's go ahead and jump in right now. First up, the People's Bank of China, the PBOC, has taken a significant step by injecting 289 billion yuan, approximately $39.6 billion, into the economy through one-year policy loans, marking the largest infusion since December 2020. This strategic move is aimed at revitalizing China's economic growth, which has been hindered by sluggish demand and a lackluster property market in the current year. Simultaneously, the PBOC has withdrawn 134 billion yuan in short-term liquidity through open market operations to ensure a well-supported banking sector. This is essential as Beijing and local governments prepare to issue bonds for stimulus initiatives and address upcoming tax obligations. As expected, the PBOC has maintained the medium-term lending facility interest rate at 2.5%. There have been slight increases to one to four basis points in sovereign bond yields, with maturities spanning from two to 10 years. China's broader strategy involves implementing stimulus measures to target an official annual growth rate of approximately 5%. Notably, in September, the Ministry of Finance significantly expanded the sale of central government bonds, indicating a 60% surge compared to the average for the same period over the past three years. As China readies itself to issue more bonds, including a 1 trillion yuan program for refinancing regional government debt, maintaining liquidity remains a priority. Policymakers are also contemplating additional sovereign bond sales that may exceed 1 trillion yuan, primarily to support infrastructure projects. This increased liquidity is expected to alleviate the tight liquidity conditions experienced in the earlier part of October, especially as local governments are encouraged to utilize their bond funds before the month concludes. From a local perspective, the PBOC's cash injection will bolster economic growth and ensure adequate financial support for the banking sector, further promoting stimulus initiatives and mitigating liquidity challenges. On a global scale, this move underscores China's commitment to economic stability, which might just contribute to smoother global financial markets because of China's substantial impact on the world economy. Moving on to more global market news, New Zealand's currency, the New Zealand dollar, is currently encountering headwinds as inflation appears to be slowing down. Projections suggest that third quarter inflation may have moderated to 5.9%, slightly below the previous 6% mark. This potential deceleration could lead investors to reconsider their expectations for an interest rate hike by the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, the RBNZ, which might exert pressure on the New Zealand dollar. Presently, there is an 80% probability of a 25 basis point interest rate increase by the RBNZ in April. That's why there's room for investors to revise their outlook if price growth takes a breather. Additionally, several other factors, such as declining commodity prices, interest rate differentials, and reduced risk appetite could contribute to a weaker New Zealand dollar. Some experts even predict that the currency may reach 55 cents against the U.S. dollar by year-end, down from its recent closing rate of 58.8 cents. 
This potential slowdown in New Zealand's inflation and the reduced likelihood of an interest rate hike by the Reserve Bank of New Zealand may impact the nation's trade competitiveness. It also reflects broader challenges in the global economy driven by shifts in the U.S. Federal Reserve's policies and the effects of falling commodity prices on the broader global markets. In other news, Germany is grappling with the prospect of a double-dip recession in 2023. The country is expected to see a 20 basis points decline, or 0.2%, in GDP during the third quarter, with an additional 10 basis point drop anticipated by the end of the year. This bleak outlook points to ongoing economic challenges stemming from structural issues, weakened demand for German exports, and an energy crisis. Looking ahead, a 40 basis point GDP drop is projected for 2023, followed by a modest 50 basis points recovery in 2024. As the largest economy in Europe, Germany's prolonged economic weakness is a cause for concern among global finance officials who stress the urgency of implementing structural reforms and addressing issues like energy prices and infrastructure. However, the prospect of reinvigorating growth may remain elusive until 2025. Germany's economic fragility underlines the broader concerns surrounding the nation's growth prospects. It underscores how global economic issues, including weak Chinese export demand and the energy crisis, can impact regional economic performance. As a result, Germany's economic challenges may have implications for its European neighbors and the broader global economy. Locally, these economic uncertainties may lead to concerns about job security, limited wage growth, and increased caution in spending and investments. But it's not impossible to navigate such uncertainties. It's going to likely require government support programs to help individuals and businesses adapt to these challenges, which really drives home the importance of staying informed about economic developments and making necessary financial adjustments for your personal financial circumstances. Okay, staying in Europe now, Italy has recently approved a comprehensive budget law worth 24 billion euro, offering a multifaceted approach to address the nation's economic challenges. This strategic plan involves various elements to stimulate economic activity. Notably, the government aims to boost consumer spending and provide support to low-income earners by implementing tax cuts on wages and simplifying the tax system. Additionally, the renewal of contracts for state employees, particularly in healthcare, is vital to sustain public services and preserve employment during economically challenging times. Moreover, measures designed to encourage parenthood aim to address Italy's persistently low birth rates, potentially contributing to a younger population and a healthier labor force. However, Italy faces an economic challenge in 2024 due to higher debt interest costs resulting from decisions made by the European Central Bank, or the ECB. As a result, this situation may divert funds from essential public spending and investments. Furthermore, the government's revised deficit forecast indicate that it won't meet the European Union's 3% budget limit until 2026, posing challenges for fiscal discipline and the country's relationship with the EU. To secure the necessary funds, Italy plans to raise 20 billion euro through asset privatization over the next three years, potentially impacting state involvement in key industries and employment. The economic consequences of these measures will depend on their effective implementation and their adaptation to evolving domestic and international conditions. 
These measures offer potential short-term economic stimulus and hold implications for long-term demographic and fiscal considerations as well. So there's a lot to be mindful of as it pertains to Italy. Moving over to the U.S., in a notable financial move, J.P. Morgan Chase has re-entered the green bond market after a hiatus spanning for more than two years. The bank has successfully raised $7.25 billion across three tranches, with one of these being a $2 billion green bond featuring a four-year tenure and an early call option after three years. The proceeds from the screen bond will be directed towards various environmentally friendly projects, including green building construction, investments in renewable and clean energy, and the promotion of sustainable transportation, such as electric vehicles. This marks JP Morgan's re-entry into green bonds following its last issuance in August 2021. JP Morgan's return aligns with the global surge in green bond sales, making this year a record-breaking one for such financial instruments. Sales have already exceeded an impressive $422.97 billion during the three quarters of the year, establishing a record-setting pace. Nevertheless, it's worth noting that in the United States, corporations, including prominent Wall Street institutions, have moderated their issuance of bonds linked to environmental, social, and governance factors, also known as ECG. This shift is partly due to changes in market dynamics, where the premium for selling these bonds has diminished. Plus, some U.S. politicians, especially from the Republican Party, have their reservations about ESG-based investment strategies. Goldman Sachs is forecasting a significant drop in ESG corporate investment grade issuance in the U.S. dollar market this year. They're looking at just $40 billion, which is half of last year's volume and only 40% of 2021 levels. This shift in ESG bond issuance trends is likely a glimpse into the evolving landscape of sustainable finance, shaped by economic and political factors, and I'm definitely keeping my eyes peeled to the story. Okay, speaking of Goldman Sachs, the renowned investment firm is embarking on a mission to enhance its stock performance, led by Mark Nachman. Under his guidance, Goldman aims to fortify its $3 trillion asset and wealth management division with the objective of making the firm's stock more stable and attractive. So, what's the game plan? Goldman Sachs is undergoing a strategic transformation. Traditionally, the firm placed big bets with its own capital. However, it's now making a shift to attract more investments from clients by offering a smoother and more predictable investment journey. While this strategy sounds promising in theory, the transition comes with its own set of challenges, and some clients may approach it with caution. Nonetheless, the underlying idea is to demonstrate that Goldman can still deliver profitability by managing other people's assets, thereby offering a safer and more reliable investment approach. From an economic perspective, Goldman Sachs' transition to a more client-focused and predictable business model reflects a broader trend within the financial industry. There's a notable shift away from volatile proprietary trading and towards wealth and asset management, offering a more dependable source of income for clients and the business alike. This transition is a response to investors' growing preference for stability and consistency, and if executed successfully, it has the potential to align Goldman's stock performance with that of other major banks, enhancing financial stability and market positioning. And by the way, the work-from-home trend in the United States is slowly but surely fading away. A recent report shows that fewer than 26% of households are still working remotely, 
down from a peak of 37% early last year. So what's driving the shift? Well, employers are eager to get folks back into the office because they're thinking about profitability, urban cost, and the potential for economic downturns. This change means that employees have less say in whether they work from home or not. The pandemic allowed many to enjoy working from their living rooms, but that might be a thing of the past. On a broader scale, most states are seeing a decline in remote work rates driven by factors like migration, socioeconomic considerations, and political decisions. Interestingly, states with a leaning towards the Democratic side tend to have higher rates of remote work. There's a unique twist, though. Job seekers are increasingly looking for remote positions, even as companies offer few of them. Applications for fully remote or hybrid roles have been steadily declining since early 2022. Now, here's the deal. Bigger cities and their metropolitan areas are leading in remote work rates compared to their respective states. But even in these major cities, offices are still only at 50% of their pre-pandemic attendance levels. Sheesh. But the return to the office is expected to boost economic activities, particularly in sectors like transportation and urban services. Now, even if that sounds great, here's the rug pull. Some businesses that thrive during the remote work era might face challenges. This transition could bring reverse economic changes across regions impacting the job market, commercial real estate, and transportation services. But I always like to say in business, as in life, your ability to adapt is a crucial trait for organizations and individuals alike. Okay, so there you have it. That's a wrap for Finn Weekly. We covered a lot of ground today, so thanks for staying with me, and thanks for tuning into this podcast, and especially these special episodes where we talk about what's going on in the world of finance and the economy. If this stuff is confusing, if you want to boost your financial IQ, you can go to byfiq.com. We have a ton of great resources for you, especially the Academy. The Academy starts off by teaching you all about macroeconomics. If you join the community as well, there's a free community, you can gain access to economic indicators and you can see what's going on visually in these graphs in the economy. So check out those resources that have been prepared for you. And I hope you have a great week. And in the meantime, take care of yourself. Cheers. Hey, real quick. If you get value out of this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave us a review. Also, if you want to be featured on the show, send me a recording with your name, your age, where you're from, and your question through a voice note or a video using your smartphone. Then email me the file at hello at byfiq.com. BYFIQ stands for boosting your financial IQ. So once again, it's hello at byfiq.com. If selected, I'll give you a shout out and answer your question for you and the entire community. One last thing, if you want access to additional resources that will help you fast track your path to financial freedom, visit byfiq.com or download our free app in the Apple or Google Play app store today. Thanks again.